Welcome to another episode of Sync and Assist. This week, like every week, we have yet another really good and thought-provoking episode for you all. This week, Brad and I, we sit down and we discuss how in society we pass judgment and we place blame on one another without ever searching for the, the truth, wherever that may be, in ourselves or elsewhere. So whether this is your first time listening to Sync and Assist or you're a returning listener, we have a really good episode for you all. But before we get into this week's episode, you can find Brad on Twitter and Instagram at Bradley Pallone. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at RobertDXN. You can find Sync and Assist on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at Sync and Assist. You can find this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, Player FM, and Spotify. Pretty much wherever podcasts are. So please rate, review, subscribe, and share. But let's get right into this week's episode. Episode 31. Sink and assist. When I heard this quote, it says, wherever I go, I meet myself uh, by, uh, I think it's arguable who it's <laughs> quoted by, but uh, Zotan, uh, sounds like Tarzan, yeah. um, or Zordon. Zoolander. Um, <laughs> but uh, wherever I go, I meet myself. And um, when when I heard that quote, I was going through a lot with, uh, with uh, an ex-girlfriend of mine, so... Um, uh, I needed to forgive her, and uh, you know I stopped seeing people as outside of me. Just they are a reflection of something I refuse to deal with in my life. So um, forgiving someone else is forgiving myself. That's, yeah. that's kind of the way I saw it, um, and it kind of it was it was the turning point to where I I started seeing the connections with everything. I started being more sensitive to. Um, to people's tones and um, and and their adding or subtracting in my life, and um, and just kind of learn to go with the flow and realize that things are are connected in life. That everything happens for a reason, which we talk about here on the podcast. We do believe that everything is connected in some sort of way. Yeah. So, um, and this this quote, I guess, for me was. Uh, I, I was starting to get into like Eckhart Tolle and like um, Wayne Dyer and and you know more spiritual um, motivational speakers of, of sorts. So yeah, that that was a turning point for me probably about eight years ago or so. Yeah, when I first heard that quote, I, I thought about my grandfather when I heard that quote um, because he everywhere he went, he never met like a stranger. So it was like, I, I kind of thought it was like, like that. But then now that I'm older, I I, I understand the quote. Mm-hmm. Um, because like if you go to like a convenience store or retail store or where, whatever, and you're not working and you're you're just there as a customer, you you can relate to the people because you've worked 
retail yourself so it's easy to relate so it is i i guess you can kind of put yourself in that person's shoes so you know what they're going through right so don't give them a hard time well and you be sympathetic for people because and that's just one example but right. just sympathize for the people around you you know you only know what you know you know yeah <laughs> uh but at the same time I think we know more than we think we do because to educate means to draw out as opposed to here's some new information. Uh, It's more like unlocking those parts of your brain um, that's already in there. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, that's a good point. You know, the thing about information is it's, it's hard to accept something or understand something if you if it's too too new if it if it's too different than what you know than what you already know like that information will go over your head yeah not to make it about like religion but it's the same thing like um most churches well a lot of churches from my experience um they preach from the old testament but now that in more recent years the new testament's been preached it's like they they're rebelling against the new testament cuz like no cuz this is what because it's it's the traditional it's the tradition it's what you were brought up on so it's hard to accept the new even though it's like super old but like the new <laughs> right it, it's hard to accept for a lot of people and a lot of people don't like change they don't, and uh, it's because the the Old Testament's rooted in law, and the New Testament's rooted in uh, grace. I like breaking rules. I'm a bad boy. <laughs> <laughs> that, essentially, that's kind of what it feels like, at least, is that if you were taught um, rules all your life, that's that's typically how, like as a kid, growing up, um, it's don't do this, don't do that. Don't, don't don't put your hand on the stove. You know, it, it's all right there. But then as you get older, you start to realize, oh, that's a pretty big world out here. And it's like there's more freedom than I thought there was. And um, it, it's, it's difficult for me sometimes if there's too much freedom. I'm like, is this is this legal? <laughs> yeah, you know, can't like, or there's too much happiness, you know, and that's where you start to sabotage your happiness if you if you're used to just being, you know, sad all the time, and all of a sudden the contrast comes along, and it's like, I don't feel like I deserve this. Mm-hmm. So a lot of Christians are stuck in that, like, in between the testaments. You have the Old Testament, people that grew up with the Old Testament that are here in the New Testament. And it's like, well, I don't know. Like, you know, yeah, there's there's power, there's freedom, there's love, there's there's all this stuff. I, I agree with that, but it's like, but I can't go too far into that because, you know, it I'm gonna be breaking the, the laws and stuff. And it's like, well, yeah, they're there to raise you, but you have to evolve. You have to move on from that. Yeah. And I feel like there's a so much um I guess to go from experience, because um, it's all I know, um, is 
being taught and force fed, you know, the Old Testament my whole life, you know, from when I was a kid. Uh, there's a lot of Christian fear in the um, uh, that comes from the Old Testament. So it's like mm-hmm. once you step onto the dark side, it's like I don't have anything to worry about. Mm-hmm. There are no rules. And yeah. the New Testament is literally because of the Old Testament because like God's like, Y'all keep breaking these rules. I I need to change this. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. In so many words. <laughs> and there, yeah, th- there's there's a place for, for tradition and a place for progression. Mm-hmm. Um you know, if some people just aren't ready to hear certain things. So if you may have to for a while like you know, I'll use food as an example. It's like when you're a baby. Sounds good, right about now. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> and just all the time. When, when you're a baby, I mean, you liquids. You know, you can't you can't eat solids yet. You don't have the teeth to eat it. But like, if that's you, good to know because <laughs> I'd probably be a bad parent. <laughs> eat, <laughs> eat, probably your like, eat your steak. Eat your steak. <laughs> um, <laughs> baby's like how, <laughs> but. Un- until you're old enough to eat, you know, foods that require, you know, y- you have the tools now mm-hmm. um, and you can understand. And then you look back sometimes in retrospect, and you say, man, I was raised with too, you know, too, too much uh, like spanking, too much rules and stuff. And now in 2018, <laughs> <laughs> in 2018, you can't, uh, you can't do that. But because uh, um, like looking back, like my childhood, yeah, I definitely think uh, a lot of the the laws, you know, that it was always don't do this, don't do that, and then if you do this, you'll get spanked. There's always the repercussions, um, and I, I think it was a little too far, um, but you know, at the same time, I realize now, and that that. The world doesn't have to be looked at that way. Um, but th- there was a lot of, like, just guilt and shame, you know, as, as a child. It's like, oh, man, if I do this, I'm a bad person. Like, I'm a bad boy if I, if I do bad, you know. And, and I don't think that's necessarily true. I, I personally hold the belief that your, your behavior isn't a reflection on who you are. I know that doesn't necessarily that doesn't coincide with the typical worldview. The typical worldview is if, uh, you know, if, if you uh, practice surgery, you are a surgeon, you're a doctor. If you're, you know, a, you deal with the medicine, you're a pharmacist. It's like, you know what I mean? It's, it's like, if is it wrong to steal a loaf of bread to feed your family? Um, it doesn't make you a a criminal it doesn't make you a thief it it, Mm -hmm. if anything it shows how far you would go for your family yeah as opposed to you just you're you're a burglar yeah because intention and action are two different things it's like well also your action can be viewed upon from different angles your action uh you are a criminal in the in the justice system 
like they would look at it, it's like well someone stole it doesn't matter what his motive is he the fact is he did it and that is a crime against our system mm-hmm. um but does that make that person a bad person i don't think i don't think so i mean if you pull up the rap sheet then yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how um, many times this person stole bread stolen bread <laughs> but, no but i i don't think it it does it depending uh, yeah like you said intention intention and action are two different things and even your intentions and actions are viewed under different labels depending on what system you're viewing it from and like in 2018 these juries apparently (laughs) they know how to pick them well (laughs) yeah and see that's another thing is that like when it comes to justice like how are we electing are we electing people to act as god to to condemn or justify someone and it's like it's a very small consensus it's just one room you know full of people that vote basically this person's guilty this person okay evidence sounds but um if if they're back in you know that like conference room you know they're Trying to figure out is this person guilty or not? If they're all of them, th- when they're voting, and after days and days of voting, you're gonna start to just say, "Screw it, I just want to go." So you're not the, the consensus is not correct. It's mm-hmm. I just want to go. <laughs> Because I've been here for two weeks. Mm. So the justice system is screwed. <laughs> it is. And uh, certain people get, uh, their sentences are different depending on the act. And and then it could be the same act in another courthouse. They give someone a longer sentence than someone that did the same thing. You know? uh, I was watching Crown Heights. It isn't, I think it's an Amazon movie. Um because Amazon does make movies, right? <laughs> before we were watch, before we started recording, we were watching a trailer to a movie, which is also an Amazon movie. Um, <laughs> Life itself, right? Yeah, yeah. With Oscar Isaac and Olivia Wilde, it's a tearjerker. So get ready for that. <laughs> but I was watching Crown Heights with uh, Lakeith Stanfield from Short Term Twelve in Atlanta, and one of the best upcoming actors. Um, but it was based on a true story, and it was this. Uh, he, he was from Trinidad, and he was literally this. He was young; he was like eighteen when it happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a recent story too. In the past few years, I think is when when the story like broke. But he was eighteen in New York, I believe, and. The police literally just picked him up one day and they pinned him for for murder. Mm-hmm. And then in the and he was completely innocent. He never seen any of the people involved or anything, didn't know anyone or anything. And um they I don't want to go into spoilers, but it is a, a true story, so there are like no real spoilers. But <laughs> long story short, because it was like almost a two-hour movie, um, <laughs> but he he was completely innocent, and then 
they let him go after like 20, almost like 25 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was in his like 40s when they let him out. Yeah, what do you do in that situation? Yeah. Like, you and he lit- was fighting. He, like, he said, when you're innocent for so long, you start, and you're in prison, you start to think, what, what if I did do it? <laughs> yeah. So it, when you're trapped in a place, and I guess that could go into another discussion because, like, when you're trapped in this place, you know, all alone, this dark place, dark mm-hmm. and cold place, you know, that could be depression, that could be just wherever you are, a relationship. Mm. It, the voices do start to talk to you. It's true, cause um, I mean, I was, I was uh, gaslit pretty hard. Um, yeah, you know, in in a relationship where, like, I was trying to do everything right, and it, it didn't work you know and there was still there was always something i was doing wrong to to that person and i started to believe it's like maybe i am treating them unfairly maybe i am doing everything she's saying i'm doing so it and of course now looking back it's like no that wasn't true but in that moment yeah i was like starting to believe the the lies yeah and then people do become complacent and i mean he the the guy I don't remember his name I think it was Colin or something like that but he he fought and his brother they they both fought and he he got married in prison and like wow. they fought for years for a very long time and I mean he was there for almost like twenty four years twenty five almost twenty five years I think and there just came a point where he just gave up he's like they're not gonna let me out. And then his brother, um, he was doing investigating himself, and then he found um, someone in that was involved. Um, that not not a suspect, but someone that was involved, someone that knew, and it was basically just like the cops pinning. A quarter of a century just gone. Yeah, like for something you didn't do. Yeah, because they just pinned the crime on him. Cause they were, which is a real thing that police officers do. That they there's a series I think on um, Netflix where they actually the police actually do pin, in some cases, a crime on an innocent person. They just pressure them into confessing to something how to make never how to make done. a murder. Yeah, is that what you're talking? I, about? I think it, n- it could be. I don't know. Yeah, well, there's yeah one series on Netflix called How to Make a Murderer. It, it and, might be, and that they, it's yeah, they talk new. about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was like, that was what happened in this case. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they've been interrogating just, this this guy, and he didn't do it. But they're that that was their whole scheme is that it's just someone has to pay. So they just made this guy the the yeah the one who the perpetrator and. Yeah, it's rough. So I, I don't know. What this episode's become maybe maybe we're talking about the justice system now, guys. <laughs> but well, it's about judgment. Yeah, it's you know the place like because he he did become complacent. He did give up all hope that he was 
never going to get out. He got his GED because I think he might have still been in school when he was picked up. And he got a couple of degrees, I believe, in prison. And he was completely rehabilitated. That's crazy that he was doing He wasn't that. even a bad person from the beginning. It's, it, you know, it, it's rough. And it's, it's, it's life, I guess, because sometimes really bad things happen to really good people. And it changes them. And mm. hopefully it's for the best. Mm. Because it it'll only make you stronger or it could... It could be the death of you, um, figuratively and literally. But it, I, I guess it all just goes back to the type of person that you are and how determined you are. And mm. Because when you're in a super dark place like that, and especially when you're innocent, it, it's hard. And he went through a very long season. And it changed him. He was a completely different person on the other end. Yeah, I, yeah. I wouldn't expect anything less. Like, yeah. I mean, that's that's a quarter of a century <laughs> in prison. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I would be angry, depressed. You know. It, yeah, that's that's insane. But like the problem, the problem with like a lot of the corrupt parts of the justice system. And this you can even take this into like your personal life um, about judgment on people is like if if there if there is a situation and if you feel the need to put the blame on someone um well Look at what what that is. Look at what that is rooted in your life. Like, is that is 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 your life full of love, or is it full of someone has to pay? You know, people have a skewed sense of justice in their own life, as well as, and it, it carries into into jobs. It carries into um, the the justice system itself. People in power have like uh some of them have power um or just an abuse of, of power um power hungry i guess control factor and like there's people like that in your own life too but yeah if you get someone like that who's smart and manipulative you gotta you got something on your hands there like because it you know it's one thing to be one or the other, but if you're both, yeah, you know that's that's where it gets dangerous, and um, that that's where I, I think bringing it back to the Bible, for example, in the Old Testament, that's why there there's so many laws. It was always about the laws. It's so many laws to the point to where everyone was just you get killed, you get oh you did this, you know. Um, now you have to sell this person to slavery. Now you have to kill your son. You have to stone your son. If, you know, things like that are all in the, the Old Testament. It's like, it got ridiculous. That's, that's the product of an unloving society, a society that's 
too wrapped up in justice and not love. Um, justice is is important, I think. It's an important factor, is that some people don't receive the justice that they that they deserve. And I'm all for fighting for that, but going about it not with hatred in your heart, but love. That's the problem, is that the intention and the motive of like how you go about um, justice, if there's just judgment in your heart. You know, you go into the New Testament and then you hear the words of Jesus that say, you know, remove the plank from your eye uh, before you remove the, the sty in someone else's eye. And it's kind of like, yeah, that's true. It's like you have more shit in your life than the person you're pointing the finger at. So deal with your problems first before you go judging other people. In other words, don't judge people. Yeah. Just like, just do your best to love people the best you can. And the people that, there are going to be people that don't deserve it, that they're treating you horribly. Um, but that's where you you turn the other cheek, I guess. I know it's easier said than done, but um, you you got to worry about your stuff. You don't you don't got to worry about someone else's because like, what are you gonna do? Play God and and say, you know, I, you know, you're basically the courtroom of your life. Like you're gonna put somebody. Like in the in the seat and say, you did this, this, and this to me. What if you did that and you forgave them? Not for them, but for you. Uh, instead of just putting them on in the chair and it's like, all right, um, we're going to execute you tomorrow morning, you know? <laughs> the guillotine, guillotine, whatever. Because that's what most people do in their life. Is that it, it's like, you know, a false sense of justice. It, it makes them not have to deal with their own unforgiveness of themselves if they just constantly blame other people for their problems. And I think when people see, oh, there's grace, there's love, you know, the people that are so used to, to the Old Testament, looking at the New Testament, it's like, if you give people too much love and grace, they're just going to go off and do whatever they want to do, and they're going to do all kinds of bad things. And it's like, and what are you going to do about those bad things? People are going to do bad things regardless of what rules are placed on them. And if you have more rules and restrictions, they're going to do worse things. It's right. <laughs> if you have more, it's, it's human nature. Gonna... <laughs> <laughs> like, that, you'll always have the rebels. You'll always have the people that's like, I don't like those rules, but... People are going to do whatever they want, no matter what rules. So if you have all these rules, too many rules, then all you're going to see around you is just, oh, no, everyone's, you know, there's chaos everywhere. It's like stop with the control. Just do your best to focus on your own life and not so, not other people's lives. When you remove the rules and it is all free reign, mm. sometimes you get tired of, you know, being that rebellious person, you're just like, you know, I just want to do good. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it, I'll, give an, I'll give an example. Um, so growing up in, in private school, you know, there's rules everywhere. It was structure, hard structure. It doesn't really work well for a creative type like me. <laughs> no. I mean, I'll, I would submit to it, but my mind is elsewhere and like, 
you you bet your ass I was this close to you know I, I did rebel a little bit in some ways but anyways the the pushback was once I was out of that you know it's like all right piercings you know listen to metal music you know all, all these things go go wild right um and then after a while I realized I I don't have any structure in my life like I'm not getting anything done that's productive I'm sleeping in too late my schedule is spontaneous it's spontaneous or nothing at all but there's just no progress like I need some sense of okay I'm going to get up by this time in the morning and I'm going to get these things done you know somehow not not to 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 take away my artistic flow, not like contain it or eliminate it by too much structure, but still have enough like structure in my life to where I can actually get things done. Because I just realized if I have too much free reign, I'll have no motivation to do anything at all. I'm just sleeping in too late. I'm always procrastinating. It's like, oh, I'm going to go drink tonight. It's like, oh, I just spent money on that. And then instead of, you know, you're good about spend, um, saving money. I know yeah. that. You're like I just a stick- don't spend it. You're a stickler for, uh, <laughs> for bills. It's like pay- make sure the bills are paid first, which I- I'm not too bad at that too. But uh, I don't know. You're you're far greater at that than I am. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I-, I learned early. Like my m- mom, when I was, mm, I think, middle school, uh, I would for I don't even know how I would just always have money even in middle school I don't know where the money came from couldn't tell you but I had it and when you're that young and you have money you want to spend that money so my mom she is she was like here's a piece of paper here's a pen write ten things you want and don't buy anything other than this. And then it made me think, well, if I have X amount of money and ten, a list of 10 things, maybe I should ration this out. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I just kind of took that into adulthood. Mm-hmm. And now there's a difference between cheap and frugal. Frugal. <laughs> but a little cheap. A little che- you have to be a Don't little like cheap. spending money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know. I hate my... the feeling yeah. of sw- swiping that card or, oh my God. Yeah. It, it's kind of like a rule that I've given myself. Like, don't spend too much at one place. <laughs> and don't spend too much in one day. Because mm. I, I, uh, it's so weird. Every time you swipe that card, money leaves your account. Mm, you don't what have a, it anymore. What a concept. <laughs> so I just don't swipe it anymore. <laughs> I try not to. If I can do it and change, I'll do it. Although cashiers hate that probably. <laughs> yeah, I, I've cut out like fast food for the most part. Like the fastest food I have or try to is like Subway. But <laughs> I've been doing a lot better. It's just when I'm with you, I happen to like, all right, I'm going to have to get some fast food real quick, <laughs> you know. But I've, as far as like 90% of the week, though, I've been eating at home and like got fresh food and stuff. Yeah. So I'm trying. I'm trying. Yeah. But I try not to keep like changing my truck. 
because it's only going to tempt me to go like Taco Bell. Mm. Yeah. So also for that reason, I guess I don't keep cash. Because also, one, we live in a pretty shady state. <laughs> so Very unhappy state, yeah. apparently. <laughs> Yeah, um, and on on what you're talking about, um, I have seen, and yeah, it was on Facebook, but it's not fake news. It came from, <laughs> well, it might be fake news. It did come from, what's the, it's W-U-G-A or something like that. Yeah. 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 That channel, which I think is Fox, it's just our local. Right. Yeah. It's our local Fox. Yeah, yeah. but, so it, it might be fake news, but... <laughs> George or is, is that a, ABC? I feel like it might be know. ABC. I don't, one of the news channels. I don't know. Anyways, I don't know. <laughs> but, go ahead. Um, there has been like studies that Georgia is one of the most unhappy states in all of America, and I don't disagree. Well, you see it. I would say it's pretty spot on. Actually, <laughs> you see it. <laughs> to go back to one thing we always say is, uh, if you don't like situation remove yourself from it remove it yeah remove yourself exactly (laughs) not a bad idea right about now (laughs) especially it's dead of summer (laughs) it's also hot here yeah so there's that but yeah you can tell people aren't happy here everywhere i go i just feel like everyone just thinks everything's a burden Mm -hmm. and i'm like yeah one to tie it all together uh one Reason I'm really good at spending money. I don't go anywhere. <laughs> don't leave your house, especially if you live in like Georgia. There's, there's nothing out there. Stay inside. <laughs> Get sun every once in a while because it it is good for you. We've had so many tangents this episode. We did, we did, but we covered a lot of ground that we <laughs> whatever was on our mind. <laughs> yeah, the justice system, Georgia. How bad it is, <laughs> saving money, uh-huh. society. There's something judgment. deep in there about the prison, but you'll get through your. your it's about it's about judgment. You'll get through your you're, You'll get through your season. Yeah, just persist. Keep pushing. Your your 25 years. Yeah, your own personal prison. That's scary to think because uh, I'm 26. I've been. He's almost been in prison as long as, as, long as he's been, been alive. alive. Mm-hmm. He's out now, though. He does live here, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, that's that's why. Because when at by the end of the movie, I was like, that this all seems familiar. Then the they when they briefly like this is where he is now at the end of True Stories. Um, yeah, he moved here in the suburban area or in, in Atlanta. In, in Atlanta. Okay. Because I remember that a few years ago. They just let this man out. Which is rough. He looked like Sway. (laughs) 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 But I think that about does it for this this tangential episode. (laughs) But isn't that what podcasts are? Isn't that what conversations are? Isn't that what life is? It's true. It's a whole bunch of tangents. Yeah. (laughs) There may be more in the future. Yeah, but uh, that does it for this week's episode. We'll see you next week.